It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Don't tell me he's on the line. Don't tell Grant Elliott. Do you are you actually a thing? Do you exist? Are you alive? Where are you? How are you? Oh, that is so rich, Daniel McCarty. Um, I came back from my garden deep in my sabbatical last week, only to find that it was just me and Ben Francis. So we, uh, yeah, we put the boot in last week to you, and uh, now I'm away this week. So it hasn't worked well for me, I guess. Well, it's it is a World Cup year. We need to rest and rotate out the key members of the Saturday session um, uh, under the jurisdiction <laughs> of our fearless leader Ben Francis. Uh, I'm not sure he's overly wrapped. We haven't been in a studio together till late March. Because there is a rumour we'll be in a room together next Saturday. Is that correct? Yeah, that rumour might be uh, close to being correct. However, um, there is the one-day series of Sri Lanka going on. So <laughs> we might have to do a remote... Maybe I could go to the Auckland one. I've always, I've always threatened to go and visit Ben Francis. So maybe I'll give him a visit. Oh, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, it's good to hear your voice, mate. Have you, have you summered well? Should we do one of those annoying catch-ups on, on live radio? What have you been up to? Yeah, we should play golf sometime. I reckon that's one of the biggest things when someone says you haven't seen someone for ages and they go, hey, we should play golf sometime. It's like saying, uh, I'm not going to see you for another two years, so I'm just going to be polite and say, let's play golf sometime. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't been playing golf. I, I've, I've, been, um, I've been working. Um, I went to India. Uh, for a couple of days, and that was that was quite tough because uh, obviously the flooding happened, and you know, still thinking of the people up north that are recovering from all of that. Um, and no, I've just been missing the Saturday session, really. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Well, we've got you on board because you are, um, you know, out doing some fine work for Spark Sport, covering a Test match series that was, well. I'm not sure it sort of just arrived. I'm not sure it had much fanfare ahead of the first test. I'm sure that all changed after an extraordinary first test match. Um, but, but before we sort of reflect on that, day number one's now on the book. 155 for two New Zealand. Sri Lanka, as always is the case of the Basin Reserve, winning the toss, deciding to bowl. But it sounds like they didn't enjoy a very strong Norwester as New Zealand's posted a pretty decent total on that first day. Well, I'll tell you what. Since 2012, there's been 50 first-class games played at the Basin. And out of all 50, the captains won the toss and had a bowl. <laughs> so, you know, I was speaking to Gary Stead and Tim Saudi prior to the toss, and um, we were talking selection tactics, because obviously um, they don't have a selector at the moment, so that was quite interesting. We were talking about the toss, and they said, it's probably a good one to lose because they were thinking of batting. Gary Stead actually wanted to have a bat. And the reason being is because of the wind and also, like, New Zealand have actually bowled pretty poorly in the last two tests when it has been green. Their teams have posted in excess of 400 and, uh, you know, over the 350 mark. So um, it was going to be interesting to see who won the toss and what they did. Um, but Chris Silverwood, after they won the toss and had a bowl, I said, Oh, we were all sort of contemplating whether you have a bat or not. Dean Elgar did that in Christchurch last year, and uh, we all thought he had rocks for brains, and they won the test. 
batting first on a green one at Hagley. So um, Chris Silverwood sort of said, but you just can't, you know. It's green, it's bowler-friendly conditions. You win the toss, you have to have a bowl. And they did bowl. They were quite inconsistent with the line and length. They didn't get that full length right. And it is a difficult length to hit. Something that Bolts and Saudi do extremely well. They bowl the ball a little bit fuller. They give it a little bit of a swing. There's a nip off the, the green grass and they get returns. But Sri Lanka were pretty poor, to be honest. And I think that that was due to not only the wind, um, but also maybe a little bit of tiredness from the last test because they, they did have to bowl a number of overs. Yeah, of course, back-to-back test matches for sure. And they had to go up against a, a hometown boy, knows conditions very well, and Devin Conway, who just looked a, a class above um, the guys he batted with in Latham and Williamson, and that's saying something. That, that was a pretty impressive knock by Conway, was it not? Yeah, I don't know if he's just in great nick um, or he manages to access length a lot better than the other players, but, you know, he just scored so freely compared to everyone else, and that's what you're alluding to. Like, Tom Latham never really got going, and Kane Williamson hasn't got going yet. You know, he played a nice shot down the ground, but other than that, it was just it looked a little bit tough, um, and Devin was, was really fluent. Anything on, you know, with a bit of width, he, he flashes at it. And he's just worked out a game plan, and, you know, interviewing him after the game, he um, it's it's amazing to see. I would have been stoked with a Test 70. I don't even think they've scored 70 runs in my five tests. But, um, you know, he was uh, he was really disappointed. He was like, oh, you know, I said, you missed out on 100 there, didn't you? He's like, yep, I did all the hard work, got to the spinner, and that's the second time he's got out to, to spin, you know, caught and bowled. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he was disappointed. He's hungry for runs. He's driven, and... Yeah, to, to score runs on a wicket like that just shows the class of the player. You're being harsh on yourself there, mate. You got eight more test runs than he did yesterday. Come on. <laughs> did I? Yeah, <laughs> well, you yeah I don't know runs. my stack. Well, did I get in the 80s? <laughs> that's, incre- that's incredible. <laughs> 86. 86 glorious runs. Oh, well. Actually, I, I look forward to yeah. the midwinter special when we actually talk about all 86 of your runs in great detail. Um, who who they were against, how, how they come about. Oh, brilliant stuff. Looking further afield, um, Dougie Bracewell back into the, the lineup. There was a lot of confusion as to where he was during the English season. New Zealand cricket didn't really clarify it particularly well. I thought at the time that there was a little note in um, the, the uh, press release when they announced the squad ahead of the Sri Lankan series saying he would have been selected but was carrying a mild groin injury, um, would have been used as an injury replacement. This is, a, this is a pretty big few days ahead for Doug Bracewell, is it not? Yeah, I think the the numbers are that it was six years and X amount of days. Um, I think it was two hundred odd days since his last Test match. So, um, yeah, it's it's a big big uh, test for him, and also we reckon conditions that would suit him um, on day one. So hopefully, you know, because he gets the ball full and he does seem it. Um, when I was in India for the one day, as he was over there. And he didn't get an opportunity. And I was quite surprised. They played Tickner, they played Duffy, and they left Dougie out. And I was like, you know, he's, he's not a young buck anymore, Dougie. He's got experience. I thought, well, you know, like, he's come all that way. Why not play him? So it's great to see him get an opportunity. There's obviously been a huge change of guard for New Zealand. Jamison out, Bolt out, and Wagner out. There's a lot of, you know, test talent and, and wickets in those three. Um, so, yeah, he, he gets an opportunity. And, Remember what he did in Hobart. New Zealand won the game. They obviously gave the man of the match to, to David Warner. 
Um, but they, they beat Australia in a series uh, in Aussie. So, and Daggy was an integral part of that. Probably should have got man of the match. So great to see him back and, and hopefully you know, he can use and draw on that experience that he's had over the years. We are talking cricket, swinging both ways, as we like to call it, here on the Saturday session with the great man himself, Mr. Grant Elliott. Uh, I, I know your focus now is on this test match, but let's go back a few days. And I'm sure there was a bit of a hum around, what, that the Spark Sport commentary box reflecting on that extraordinary test match that went literally down to the wire, the last ball. Um, you know, is there, has there been a bit of a, a hangover in a good way after that test? Well, it was quite a sombre sort of commentary box yesterday because they're probably used to the excitement. And I spoke to Craig McMillan about it because he was calling both those tests, you know, the Sri Lankan one and the, the England one. And uh, he said, you know, it's just emotionally draining as a commentator because you're living every ball, every moment. And I'm sure everyone was. You know, we had the, the big screen on at work and everyone was watching that. And um what I found fascinating about those games is that both games should have probably been decided by a wide anyway. Um, and yeah. it would have been quite nice to see a tie against England again. Um, that would have been, uh, it would have oh, been a no. real talking point. I know. Imagine going into test super over. How good. Um, oh. so, obviously, I know there's no super overs because there'll be callers going, Grant doesn't know what he's talking about. But... Um, yeah, that would have been quite ironic going into a tie. But, yeah, what, what a game. And Wagner, you know, producing that moment. And then Kane the other night. Uh, it just doesn't get closer than that. I mean, they say if the wicketkeeper had hit the, the stumps from the Sri Lankan game uh, and run Wagner out, he would have been out. So he was out by about two yards. And then the bowler picks the ball up and hits the stumps on the other side. And we're waiting to see if Kane's in or not. Um, and, I mean, it's it's amazing that two test matches come down to such a close margin. And, you know, anyone that says test cricket is, is dead, well, you know, I grew up with test cricket. I love test cricket. Um, it's it's what I know. It's where my nostalgia and my memories lie. And, um, yeah, I, I just love – I'm very fortunate to be commentating it. And, um, yeah. yeah, hopefully we can grow on those two victories and, and build more of a crowd, more of a following. There's kids that are watching, there's parents that are encouraging their kids to watch Test Cricket because it's a, it's a bloody great game. What can you say about Kane Williamson that hasn't been said already? Um, Grant Elliott, what a phenomenal player, phenomenal player he is. I, I must admit, I thought it was utterly hilarious slash ridiculous. Um, quite a few people say worried about his form ahead of the English series. I'm like, hold on, he got a test match double hundred three innings prior to that. People have very short memories. Uh, but is there a guy you... Can you think of a, a better man for the job than Kane Williamson in those pressure moments? You know, when I played with Kane and he played his first ODI in Bangladesh and he got a duck, I think he may have even got two ducks in his first two innings. And I said, oh, how are you feeling, mate? Are you all right? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. He said, I know I'll score runs in the next innings. And he said, he also said, he said, um, my runs don't define me. And I was like, wow. Like, and that was, wow. I think he, he, he was probably early 20s in, I think, maybe 20. And I was just like, wow, this guy's got a level head for such a young person. And the, the thing is, is when you're, when you're out of form or you're struggling for runs, if you ride those lows, and then you ride the highs, you're going to struggle in test cricket because 
it, it makes it a long day. Whereas he is just so level. Whether he scores naught or whether he scores a double ton, he's not going to shout it from the rooftops and he's not going to get too low when he doesn't score runs. So um, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, form for him is actually probably not something. It, 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 it's, it's not a thing. And to the good players, it's not because it's just a game of cricket. There's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. And when you are experiencing a purple patch, well, you just you know that they're going to cash in. And that's where Devin Conway, he was really gutted yesterday, you know. Got to 70 and he knew he should have cashed in, and he didn't. Um, so, yeah, he, he's just a classy and world-class player. And uh, we're just very lucky to have him in this generation of players um, alongside guys like Bolton, Saudi. It's just amazing to watch them. And Latham, I'll put Latham in that, that bracket as well. Um, he's he's a, a fantastic player. couple more before I let you go. Um... 17 test matches, a guy has 1,300 test runs, averages 59, has 500s. That's a world-class player, isn't it? Uh, should we be yeah. calling Daryl Mitchell that already? Well, he's in the top 10 uh, test players in the world now. I think he's gone to number eight uh, from from memory. And he's just he's dominated in all three formats. And it seems like whenever you need a, a, someone to come in at a crisis, he comes in. People are talking about him and the team as being so calm under pressure. And um, I was actually speaking to him two days ago. We were talking about clutch moments. We were doing a piece for this test match. And um, looking at, like trying to get into the mind of Daryl Mitchell, see if I could mentally disintegrate him. But um, he, was so, he was so level and just consistent. Um, and he just seems like he's in a good place and he's got really good balance in his life as well. And I think that that's you know, a really important part of it is, is being an older player, I don't think you can get that level-headedness when you're really young. Like Kane Williamson's probably an anomaly in that. I think it takes a lot of battle scars. And we were talking about you know, clutch moments and... I said to him, I said, do you think you would have been able to produce that moment that you produced in, you know, the, the World Cup uh, T20? And he said, uh, if you were a bit younger, 10 years younger, and he said, no, I don't think so. And I feel the same about, you know, moments that I've had. If I was younger, I probably would have crumbled. So having that experience, having that age, and some people have said, yeah. oh, you know, there's no players under 30 in this test team, but that's probably a good thing. You need battle scars. But it, I think we do need to look at, well, who are the next players? And I think that that's what people are kind of, you know, a little bit worried about for the future of New Zealand cricket is like those players at 25 to 28 or 23, who are they? Where are they? Um, but Daryl Mitchell and these guys, they're going to lead, lead from the front and hopefully uh, depart all of the experience and knowledge down to these younger players to give them um, the experience they need to cope with the rigours of international cricket. All right, and finally, Grant, uh, looking ahead to the one-day series against Sri Lanka, what's the key storyline um, for New Zealand? It's an odd one. You've got a, a group of players heading off to India after the first game, uh, included Finn Allen in that, who I think has the most gain, uh, or as far as still looking to book a ticket for a World Cup, but what's the big storyline as far as you're concerned? Well, normally, you know, Sri Lanka come here and they struggle. I think that... It's an opportunity to look towards the World Cup. With those players uh, departing to India, I think that you can play combinations. So not it's not a rotation time, but it's like play your next best and play those combinations. We did it in India already. So uh, the likes of Saudi, Williamson, Gary Stead were not there. 
um, and there were new players that were played. There was Shipley, there was Tickner. Um, so I think it's an opportunity to play uh, some some other combinations and look towards that World Cup of what does that squad look like? What is the 15 made up of? Um, it is going to be in India. So um, what a great opportunity. Three one-days um, and then three T20s as well against Sri Lanka. So opportunity for players as well. Whenever that happens, you think, wow, especially with our batting lineup, it's pretty settled, um, except at the top, that opening combo. So if we can um, if we can find those players that are going to be consistent, but, you know, does it make a difference in New Zealand conditions? The best batting conditions in the world, uh, you still have to be able to, to cope with the spin and subcontinent conditions. So um, it will be interesting to watch, but I think, you know, New Zealand should take that one out. Grant, great to hear your voice, my friend. I'll let you go. I know you've got a busy day ahead. Uh, just make sure you get out to the middle of the Basin Reserve, take a video for us. We miss you. We miss you. We want to see your face. Okay. It's, it's not, it's not well, good hearing any, just your voice. Is there anything in particular you want me to say when I'm out in the middle? Oh, you know, just one of those typical um, uh, pitch reports where former cricketers act as if they actually know anything. And they don't really. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, I do that anyway. So maybe just yeah. open my mouth and then... And we should get what you want. How, how about I say something like, um, uh, you know, this pitch here, yeah, it doesn't look as dusty as those people waking up from St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> I like it, my friend. And maybe, just maybe, I'll see you next week or the week after or before yeah, or, May or June all the or week, July. Yeah, all the week after. Well, I do miss you guys and Ben Francis, you know, our fearless leader. Um, I miss the Saturday sesh. It was great to do it last week, and good to see you uh, in the, the driving seat this weekend. Thanks, mate. Have a great day. Cheers, brother.